Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I'm curious when we're not working, (laughs) what do you do to stay creative? I sleep a lot. (laughs) Do you? I I do because melatonin helps. Oh. I I will answer your question, but I've been doing a lot of deep diving into human design oh. and I bought a book on human design like two years ago and just like literally never cracked it open. And I, I, ha- I made you text your mom to get your yeah. birth time and date and all of that kind of stuff. So I did your chart and I did my chart. I did a bunch of people's charts, but I love always, always comparing and contrasting our personality types and energy yeah. types and human design types and whatever. Do you because need more sleep? Is that required? Yeah, literally. So like where we are very similar, we are also very different. And one of the things that that shows up often is in the way that we have and house and get energy. Yeah. And so you are a generator, which means you are in constant accessible reach to your energy levels. You can, your body can recreate it. You can decide that you want more of it. And then you just have it. Like it is there. You can just like pull it out of your body whenever you want. Mine like full on depletes. And then sleep is the only thing that recharges it. Literally the only thing. And so mindful rest and sleep. And so I think it's been really interesting, like leaning into understanding what that means, because there was a whole like multiple years where I was getting terrible sleep. Yeah. Melatonin wasn't helping. Nothing was helping. And I was just exhausted on every, like every, every way possible. Yeah. But so now I'm figuring out, okay, if I'm getting the sleep, how can I like in a more fun way, recharge my energy and like get inspired outside of just doing work. And we talk often about like getting inspired by, you know, looking at the strategies that you know, Netflix is doing or Google or Amazon or like really big different businesses and what they're doing and how can we learn from that and tweak that for our own business. And so I do get inspired for that, but I also get inspired being in like a physical creative capacity. So that used to be like making earrings and making art, 
But lately it's been literally painting (laughs) the walls of my house and getting really excited about DIY projects at home. Mm -hmm. So we're actually just about to start a really big project that I did not think we were going to do until this fall, but we were both sitting there and I have my mom to thank for this. And she didn't know she was making this mistake, but the mistake helped me get this project done faster. So we had some like scuff marks in our living room on the wall and she found the color that the color was original to the house. So she found the color in a can in our basement. It was literally the exact same color, but for some stupid reason, the color that was left was semi-gloss or eggshell, but the color on the wall is flat. And so they're the same color, but different finishes. And so when the color is on there, in some lights it blends in, but anytime there's light reflecting it, you can see all the spots that she touched up because it shines when the actual wall doesn't shine. So it's been like that for, I don't know, maybe a month. And as much as it bothers me, it doesn't bother me. Like I know eventually it's going to get fixed. And I just don't care that like yeah. there's some spots on my wall that don't match. I It just doesn't bother me. For some reason, it bothers Brian so much. Like really? he brings it up almost every day. And he's like, when is this going to get fixed? This bothers me. I hate it. So that's what led the entryway to get painted because yeah. she, she touched up the entry, the hall, and the living room. <laughs> So there's like these splotches literally everywhere. And so the entry was super easy. Like it was just like, okay, whatever. I can get this done in a weekend. But then he brought up the living room the other day. He was like, when are we doing this? And I was like, babe, I don't want to spend, you know, 25 bucks on paint that I don't like the color. And I hate flat paint. I loathe flat paint. And so I don't want to spend money on paint that I don't even like when we know eventually we're going to repaint it. And he was like, okay, then let's just repaint it right now. I was like, okay. (laughs) So that's what we're working on. We're trying to get it done this month. I believe you. It'll happen. I'm not even worried. Like it'll, it'll just come together. If I pick a color. I've been around long enough where I, this is the third house you've lived in since I've known you. And when Emily starts a project, it is happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will stay up for like three straight days to get it done. Mm-hmm. No, I, for me, you know, I've been trying to keep my hands busy because I find that if I try to get creative with my mind that I just get more tired because I use my head mm-hmm. so much at yeah. work. Maybe that's why I like painting. And so I need to use my, I need to get creative in like a different way. Uh And so I haven't always known I've loved to cook. I actually used to loathe it. And I think a lot of it was, it was like the overwhelm of like walking into a kitchen and not knowing what do I even have to make what? And like the stress of that just drove me nuts. My world radically changed when I started meal planning, which I feel like is such a simple concept, but it, for the right people, it will it will change everything. I finally found my version of meal planning that works for me. Great. Because until you have a version, making meals will be the thing that stresses you Because I can't do your version. It doesn't help me. That's fine. It's so funny. Everyone has their own version that works for them. But my version, I lately have been trying to include like one to two challenging recipes a week. A week? Yeah. And I usually (laughs) make them on the weekends. Oh, sure. That makes sense. And so, and sometimes it'll just be one thing. Mm, I mean, I plan for leftovers. So like, I don't plan seven dinners. I usually plan like four or five dinners. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five. 
<laughs> I'm just shocked well, I, over here. I also don't make like I used to make it in excess and we would just mm-hmm. eat leftovers all the time. Mm-hmm. And I really don't like leftovers as much as I think I will. Agree. And so I just have made less quantities of Try things and that works yeah. better for us. Yeah. It does help that I have a third mouth to feed with sure. grandma. When it was just the two of us, that was a lot harder. Yeah. But anyway, I've been trying one to two like challenging recipes a week. Sometimes they're like dinners. Sometimes it's bread or like my most recent like crazy thing was creating croissants. Yeah. And not crescents. Crescents and croissants are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I that made was donut like- with, with crescent rolls last weekend and the air fryer. Oh. They were yeah. delicious. Yum. But I found that that's really helpful to the point of I've even considered I get overwhelmed by. So I just like every time I say it, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but I like I really love classes. And so mm. I've taken there was one through like the community, like a local school. And I did like a four or five week session. But to the point of I'm like, do I want to take like a full class for like a semester? Yeah. And like go to culinary school. So I've been looking into a couple options for that. It makes me a little intimidated mm-hmm. because I took a cooking class in Santa Fe. My mom and I went to Santa Fe, New Mexico many, many years back. And they had a cooking class at the Santa Fe cooking school. And we learned how to make hatch green chili mac and cheese and a tomato soup. And it was like in their traditional dishes that they make in Santa Fe, yeah. like those black clay pot dishes. Oh my God. It was the most incredible ever. I bought the dishes. I owned them. Yeah. Baked hatch green chili mac and cheese. And that soup was stunning. Maybe it was in tomato soup. I think it might've been actually chicken tortilla soup. It was phenomenal. So good cooking class. I love cooking classes. Yeah. And so I, the last one I took was like a very, it was like a very fast pace, but like all the basics that you would have it like a 101 so it was I get sucked into those like BuzzFeed like you know tips from chefs that you can use in your home kitchen or totally I love totally but there's so much I've learned from taking classes that I'm like oh I think I might want to do that again there's so much I've learned from TikTok you could just take classes from TikTok I know I know (laughs) a part of it is I do really really enjoy like working with a chef. Yeah. I, there's something about being mentored in an in-person environment that really revs me up. So we'll see. There's some pro classes at more of like a, a place I wouldn't call like a culinary school, more of like a fun place in OP that people just like hang out. But then there's a couple actual schools in Kansas City. I just don't know. What? What's the place? Oh, it's literally downtown OP. Like it's on. Oh, would, I know what it is. I can't think of what it's called at the moment, but they have some. There's one pro class there that's nine weeks, but it, at that point, it's like almost as expensive as taking a full semester somewhere. So I'm like, hmm, what do I want to do? I want to learn some like chopping skills, I think. Yeah, there is knife classes. That's one that I would love need to learn. some good knives. My knives. So. I think it's that I don't know how to sharpen them very well. That's the thing I've learned. Same. So I did have a chef explain it to me and I'm still intimidated by it. And so (laughs) I think I just need to make a plan to have Jared sharpen them every so often. Yeah. Yeah. I like this is your job Uh and how you're going to contribute to this kitchen. Mm -hmm. But I don't really want to sharpen the knife. It's no. not hard. It's just, it feels so masculine. It feels to me. icky and the sound is awful. Well, that, the sound, <laughs> yes, I agree with the sound thing. 
But anyway, all, all of that <laughs> today. Hunting. I like it. It's good stuff, man. Head on over to our personal Instagrams at Abigail says, at Emily says, our names are spelled different. So go to Boss Project first and we're tagged in our little bio. But truly, we share what goes on behind the scenes yeah. here in our life. And you can follow along with Abby's koi pond and pool and yard and fire pit extravaganzas. And if you want to see the silly dance toddler dance parties that are happening over here and paint parties and cast your vote then hang out with me yeah so i want to talk about what it means to truly run your business life first but before we get into that yes. we do have some housekeeping yeah before we get into that literally in one two three four, five days if you're listening to this on March 24th in five days on March 29th 2022 we are having the most extravagant the best, the most eye-opening, the most fun, energy, amazing one-day virtual event called the Freedom Conference. You are invited. If you have not snagged your ticket, literally, what are you waiting for? Bossproject.com slash conference. I'm just telling you, if you're a service provider, if you've considered a pivot or if you're feeling burnout, if you need a little spark, this is the spark that you need to gravitate yep. towards. And especially mm -hmm. if today's topic of yeah. leaning into life first resonates with you. We're giving you a literal roadmap to make it happen yes. at the conference. Plus talking about pricing, which is like the hot topic for everyone. How to do it no matter how you serve clients and how you offer your service. And if you've really struggled to up-level your current clients to a new pricing system or an all-inclusive package how you can actually communicate that with existing clients versus new clients. And what does it look like if you offer retainer or one and done services or anything in between? We're having all of the conversations. We're also be wrapping up the day with how you can lean into more of your CEO role and your CEO seat in your business. And what does that mean when you're still doing some of the work, when you don't have a big team, when you do have a big team, when you want to scale really big or when you want to maintain and how to actually build in CEO time into your your day so you can start to like actually grow and grow doesn't just mean financially mm -hmm. and you'll hear more about that at the conference yeah I know for me growth has looked many ways and it has mm -hmm. not always meant about around money at all no <laughs> no right now it, it's in our hair <laughs> it's, a, it's a season of long I don't know if you've witnessed over the years that long hair girl summer we've had every length and I've style. had every color Emily's had every color I stay pretty in a range mm -hmm. but for sure every length of hair around here okay so if we're talking about the business side, because what I don't want to get into, because I just feel like it's so different for everybody, mm -hmm. is if we talk about what does it mean to live life first, and we talk about the life side, mm -hmm. it's going to be totally dependent on you and yeah. your world. And well, so we want to talk about how to frame your business to support life first. Yeah. And here's why. In the same concept where we have said in multiple times, but specifically last episode where we talk about software is in like... The software can't be everything for you. We also can't be everything for you. And we know what we're good at. And what we're good at is editing your business to be life first. What is your actual responsibility is you identifying, okay, now that I have a business that's focused on life first and can support me choosing to live life first, what does it actually mean? A, 
what does it mean right now? What does it mean in six months? What does it mean in a year? So on and so forth. And what are the boundaries that I need to have in place in order to actually fulfill the life first business to impact my life. That is literally your responsibility. And the only person who can do that is you. We can suggest the way that you set up those boundaries and we can suggest ideas and concepts. We can structure and set up the systems in your business to support you to make those decisions. But ultimately at the end of the day, it is your job, your responsibility, and fully within your power to implement it and enact it and live it. I will say in the past, we've, we've had a lot of people approach us for permission Yeah, in a lot of areas of their life that I'm like, I mean, I can mm-hmm. tell you you're good to go, but like, you got to make the call girl. Yeah. Like, this, yep. And we used to talk about the magic bell. Like there's never going to be a magic bell that rings that tells you right. you're ready and all the things like right. this is your choice and you get to show up every day and make choices mm-hmm. intentional or not. Yeah. And some days you're going to fuck it. That's okay. Hi. I do all the time. Hi. And this, but it's always, it's always about, about like realignment and getting it back on track. And so yep. if we do that, talking about the business, I think there's some like four key things. They all work together to me, but they are required to really build a business that backs you up. Cause that's what yep. it's about. Yep. At the end of the day, I think people get confused that they're like, Oh, I mean, building a business life first. And this is why I think it's important that we talk about our definition. Building a business life first. I think people think, oh, then I can never work. Or like I can make it so that my business is super passive. I shouldn't have to work. I shouldn't have to work. I can delegate all the things. I can move all the things around to all the different people, blah, blah, blah. Well, until they reach that goal, they think they don't have a life first business. Which is just goofy. It's just goofy. Like, so... Anyway, well, and, I, and before we go into the phase, the last thing I want to say too, and I was chatting about this with Katie, actually, our, our client concierge. If you've talked to us on Instagram, if you've sent us a DM, you've probably had a conversation with Katie. She's incredible. And she is in the weeds with you, like poking holes in some ideas that you guys have and offering up different solutions and opportunities and letting you, inviting you to kind of see a different version that you could try on for size to see how it feels. So her and I were talking about what does life first actually mean? And I was just having some really great conversations with her yesterday about like the dynamics of pivoting and shifting to set those boundaries and and make those priorities happen and really getting clear on what your version is first and how you want to actually live that first. Because in this season of comparisonitis and like looking around everywhere, oh, we that's think the that, problem. Exactly. We think that like our life first has to model what everyone else's looks like. And I think it's really cool when you get to actually sit and just vision and just dream and just picture what it could look like. Then, then you can start to see how it actually supports you making that happen. Yeah. Because I think it's easy to say, oh, well, I first always means less hours. And for me right now, life first means integrating my family and a part of the process. So like, so that we can be home and we can like take bricks together and work together. And, mm-hmm. and that's just a different choice. Well, and the fact that it, with you getting to decide what it looks like for you right now and in the future, and this is maybe the thing that we all need to actually believe and know to be true before we start life first, isn't check it's done. Oh, no. That's just non-existent. It's just an evolution. And we created this problem for ourselves, right? Like where we help you create something that's never actually finished. 
But the skill is learning that it's never actually finished, that you get to decide and it's actually required for you to customize what it looks like to serve you in different seasons of your life, in different energy levels and different health levels and different like literal, what are you doing behind the scenes in your actual life and understanding that it's a journey. It is not like a destination that you're getting to and you get to decide with the parameters that you have right now, meaning finances, clients, time, what does your life first today look like? What does your life first in a year look like? And just because you're not at your three-year life first doesn't mean that you can't live it today in the way that you're enabled to today. Well, and then you can also be six months in and change your three-year Exactly, exactly. So it's an evolution, sister. It just keep it'll keep changing. And the people who get caught up in it feeling like it has to only look one way is is the people I think that are setting themselves up for failure. Because if you consistently think you're only truly in it if it's this or you're only yeah. truly there if it's that like yeah. then you're always going to feel like you're not in fulfillment and mm-hmm. and I want you to give yourself some grace and also like allow yourself to allow this to look different things at different times mm-hmm. it all has the same backbone it all has the same support and so and the, the reason first why it can shift and pivot is because of this first one yes so the big thing that I think is required for all of it is to really build a solid foundation. I have watched people, I think it's easier to talk about the not doing it Mm -hmm. so that you understand what it looks like to actually do it. But it's often the people that go really hard, really fast. And sometimes it's to no fault of their own. Like sometimes they do take off, like they do have a post go viral, they do get in front of a large audience. And Mm -hmm. so they feel this need to like, grow. Well, not even that. We've had some client-based people who don't have an audience at all, but the referrals just took off like hotcakes in the first like year of their business. Yeah. And they're like, um, <laughs> yeah. <do> I now? <laughs> well, and I encourage you, I'm not saying that you need to say no to opportunity. It's not about saying no to opportunity. It is about taking things with a grain of salt and building in a way that is going to help you build a base. I think it's easy, especially early on, to say yes to everything, yes to every opportunity, yes to more risks. And I think you have to take a blended approach where, you know, there are some opportunities that you're just not sure if it's going to work out, but you're going to go for it. There's yeah. some opportunities you're going to see and you're like, mm, I really think that's not in alignment. So I am going to hold back. Mm-hmm. And there is power in the no. Like mm-hmm. I've seen so many people so worried about how many clients they're converting that they're not even willing to tell a client no when they know it's going to be uncomfortable to work with them. Yep. Yep. And so for me, a lot of this is making sure, and all of this you will continue to do in a different way, but this is like getting those initial clients in the door, creating that initial stream of income. It's it's about making sure you're adequately following the law, getting your legal stuff in order, getting your financial stuff in order, making sure you're tracking things in a way that that's all well and good. And and that often is the not so fun part because it's really mm-hmm. easy to focus on everything else. But I've even seen people make the mistake of like they go into this so quickly that they don't even separate it from their mm-hmm. actual life. And mm-hmm. so like 
their business is a sole prop, which is fine to start. Mm -hmm. But like, as soon as you're getting any sort of consistent clients, like separating the finances is massive. Having its own bank account, creating an LLC to protect your personal wealth. Like those are things that are just necessary and they aid in the construction of (laughs) something that's going to last. Yes. And then how do you actually continue and sustain that solid foundation after you get started? Well, you make sure that what you're offering is actually profitable and sustainable. And this is the piece where we help clients see, oh, the holes that they're just not seeing. And we can see them. So it's like the holes are like waving a red flag at us and our eyes like have the vision for the red flags, right? And our clients don't. And that's fine. That's our skill set. And so we see, oh, all these red flags are popping up. And so we help make some pivots. And and it's either in what's included in that package, the price, how long it takes you to deliver it, who you're delivering it to, what deliverables are actually included, everything in, in between but it's about actually basing your knowledge in facts and not feelings or emotion and being able to make decisions that you know, if this, then that, if this, then that. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more 
Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I think most of it comes down to time and money. For this aspect, you know, I see a lot of, so I'll talk through a couple scenarios and I'm going to assume some of you are going to be like, oh shit. (laughs) But like we have one client, great landing clients can get a big project in the door, can land a $30,000, $40,000 client. And then there's not really a clear definition of what's included or like what's the stopping point. Mm-hmm. And then they're they're just pouring all their time and energy into it. And they can they continue to tell themselves a lie that if they continue to just pour more time and more energy to into it, then they'll get to some imaginary finish line that they never actually defined. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you can you can only take on so many jobs that are all consuming like before you completely crash and burn. Yep. Yep. And so how are you? And then it will trick you into thinking that your clients or the way that you're serving them is the problem. So you'll stop that service or you'll stop doing services in general, which threatens the foundation that you've already built. Like, (laughs) well, okay. So then another scenario I see happen frequently is they get in the cycle of doom we talk about where they have a need to take on more clients to increase their cash flow and they need the cash flow so that they can grow their team but they don't have so they the cash flow more clients. <laughs> and they don't have the, but then what usually happens in the cycle of doom that really just like is detrimental is in a scarcity mindset, they start taking on, on more clients than they can actually work on. Yep. Like they don't, like they're out of time. Like yep. they didn't have enough time to take them on anyway, but from a scarcity mindset, they felt this need to take on the client. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're not doing a very good job. Mm-hmm. Or they're doing the bare minimum. You know, we were talking with a client the other day who like, as soon as she shifted to a high touch signature service and got some of her existing clients on her new packaging and pricing, she was like, oh my gosh, it was such a big impact. I was sitting there on, you know, a strategy session with a client and they were bringing up this new marketing concept or this idea. And I had time to sit and talk to them about it instead of being like, oh, okay. I have no time for you to even give you the space to brainstorm that because I need to go land this next client. I need to onboard this next client. I need to finish up this other project because she had so many things happening because it was the not sustainable, not profitable stage of business. And once we restructured, it was like, oh, I have breathing room now and I can serve better now. Now, I think it's important. Do not confuse sustainable and profitable are two different things. You can have a completely sustainable business that's not making (laughs) enough money. Yes. And you could be making a shit ton of money, but the way that you're doing isn't sustainable. Exactly. So these (laughs) these are not... 
like we're talking about you need both together <laughs> but you having one without the other is really dangerous it's really stressful and because if you have a sustainable business that's not profitable then you're going to be like why is this worth it and the reason why we're bringing this up in the building a life first business because it, it impacts your decisions to be able to live life right first, right? yeah because so if it's not sustainable if it's sustainable and not profitable you're going to spend all your free time thinking about how you can make more money yeah if it's profitable but not sustainable you're not going to have any free time because you're just doing all of the work. Both suck. Both suck. <laughs> Both absolutely suck. Because when you have something that is sustainable and is profitable, then you do have time mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you do have money. Mm -hmm. I know we always like, everyone wants to shy away from the whole like mentality of like clocking in and out. And we don't want to do that for anyone else. But I'm going to tell you the mental shift of being able to clock in and clock out is a gift, is a gift that you can give yourself if you set it up properly. It does take some shifting internally mm -hmm. to get to the point where you can really walk away from something, but and it won't ever be 100% as No, 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 no. You will, will absolutely you you'll be 95% out and then you'll see a TikTok video yep. and want to yep. Don't chase something that's not attainable. You decided to start a business, so that's what you took on. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So there's it's going to sneak in and mm -hmm. but that but you're going to be in Target and be like, "Oh, <gasps> revolutionary new idea for messaging well, it's, or service it's like a or whatever. mindfulness practice, you know, yes. like it's not about being mad that the thought exists. Right. And which it's, I used to be because again, going back to our, our previous episode where we talked about things we would have done differently if we started over, I used to like resent the, my brain always being on because I was like, why the F did I even start my business? If all I'm going to be doing is thinking about business and stressing about money and growth and doing these. And if I instead took that as an opportunity to be like, Oh no, this is like not only my job, which is just a different lens of looking at it, but it's also like, if you create the life first priorities where you are enabled to actually go to target, get your nails done, do a massage and like fully check out and zone out. It's okay when randomly, occasionally those things pop up because it's exciting again. Oh yeah. And what it does when it's in a healthy space is get you reinvigorated of getting You're to be the person. You're excited to go back to work. You're excited it to make sure it, And it tells you that you get to be the person to have the idea. And then guess what? You get to probably act on that because you own the business. You don't have it, to like channel it up, right? Yeah. And hope someone will pay attention to what mm -hmm. you have to say. It's not about that. Ooh, it's so good. Okay. So this next one is y'all, the amount of you not paying attention to this is alarming, <laughs> alarming. And you're building these businesses, your willingness to communicate with clients through the roof. You want to serve you. It's all great. And so much of it is so manual, so manual. Because that, like, it has to be. Because you've created no systems to support you. Or boundaries. And so you're communicating all the time in the inbox. You have clients coming at you from every angle. Some of you are getting text messages and Instagram DMs and Facebook messages and emails from clients during non-business hours. And you're reacting to them. Oh my God. I, I'm going to tell you what. If you suck at creating and sticking to boundaries... I'm telling you, the biggest impact you will ever do is to hang out with us because I am the queen, queen at setting and implementing and sticking to boundaries. And it is my superpower to give you structure on how to do that yourself Yeah, because I don't give a shit 
And so if you have dealt with any of the people pleasing head junk, I think it's really helpful. Truly. I think our superpower is that we're a partnership, Abby and I, one of being a super pleaser people person and one being the opposite of that. And so you're able to find a little bit of a middle ground, right? Where like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be helpful to learn fully from a people pleaser because that's going to sink into how they teach and strategize and whatever. And it's definitely not going to be helpful to learn for someone who just doesn't give a shit because it's going to sink into their strategy and how they handle things. But the blend of that is one of the things that we've always been able to do really well. And if you want a part of that, then you need to come to our side. It's true. So as Emily is to boundaries, I would say I am to systems. Yes. And so, you know, I struggle a bit more with creating clear boundaries, but I have the systems set up to support me. Yes. For me, a lot of it was never, I didn't really necessarily mind the communication. I didn't necessarily mind the outreach and do clients still slip into my DMs a hundred percent. Like that doesn't, that didn't stop. I'm definitely better at like redirecting. But for me, a lot of it, the chaos came out when I would like sit down to work and I would have to start every day with like a pen and a paper Mm -hmm. and like write a running list. And then I was keeping quite literally like sticky notes of to-do lists all over my desk. Mm -hmm. And, And then things are in notebooks and things are written on paper. And like, it was archaic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when we switched to really, truly project managing, Mm. I mean, to know what I need to work on when I need to work on it and like what the boundaries are around it, because other people are also touching it. Mm -hmm. I know this sounds basic, but the amount of you who are just like surviving day to day. Yeah. I feel like what I envision that is like, is like reinventing the wheel and reinventing the day every single time you wake up. That's you are. You are. It's so tiring. Someone asked me, so I had a lot of meetings yesterday and I got to my last oh, meeting. They're yesterday. like, you must be burnt. And I'm like, <laughs> actually, no. Because I, I would have been if I had had a massive to-do list and all right. these meetings. But... I already knew my day was going to look like this. Yeah. I took a slow morning in yep. anticipation of, I got myself mentally prepared to, Yeah, I, I knew I was going to have to show up one way for a certain set of meetings and a different way for another set of meetings. Yep. And so instead of coming out at the end of the day, feeling like total trash because I didn't respect myself or my right. energy or my right. anything, I was like, it's good. It was just an average day of work. And I, I found that super interesting because I did the same thing, but the opposite. So I knew I had a little shorter to do list, but a little bit more urgent that I had to get done. So I woke up early, got that done, got it off my plate, did all the meetings and then left early and went and got paint samples. And I was like, okay, I thought like heading to paint samples. I'm like, oh my God, now my afternoon and this, I was like, wait, actually, like, I literally feel fine. This like 30 minute kind of reset is really all that I needed. Yeah. No, and, and I got but, what I needed to get done today. Yeah, I I did have to like I canceled one meeting and I took three calls that weren't planned instead sure. of going to one meeting. But like the things I needed to do were not sexy. <laughs> no, <laughs> if Emily heard what I did that morning, gross. You, you she would have hated every second yeah. of it. Yeah, but like because I've integrated it into a system where I, I actually know what's on my to-do list. I actually know what's on my calendar and those two things actually work together. Yeah. Yeah. 
I felt calm. And I knew the things that I had to bump off my list yesterday morning onto a different day this week because of the urgency of what we were implementing. I knew that it wasn't the end of the world. Yes. Because you already had the system in place to know what was an actual priority and what actually made an impact and didn't. And I think we, I remember, and I'm only saying this because I've been there. Like I'm not, I'm not saying this perfectly from day one. No, I was not always good at this by any means, but I, I remember telling clients I could do things when I was like, clearly I have no time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or like I'd be like yeah for sure I'll do that but like I'd also plan to write a blog post and do a photo shoot and do this and like I would work myself into a corner where I was required to essentially work all day take a couple hour break so that I didn't completely derail my entire marriage and then go back to work and like often until like one or two in the morning and I know many of you are unwilling to publicly acknowledge that that's where you're at. Yeah. But many of you are doing that. And it's just not, if you have systems to back you up, then you can create the boundaries to communicate accurately with your clients. So you don't set expectations that are unrealistic and you're going to have the right amount of clients because you know what your utilization is and your pricing is going to align with your, because you built sustainably like, I promise you. And just because you set boundaries in place doesn't mean communication has to lessen. In fact, our clients communicate more with their clients without their time and energy being spent doing that. So just saying. I also think, so this last piece I would say is probably the most, I would say controversial. That's not necessarily the word I would use. I think people have really strong feelings about it. Is maybe what I'm thinking here. I'm not sure which way you're going on this point. So I'm interested to hear. (laughs) Okay. So I think it's critical to integrate support to like adequately support you and your business. But I think there's this misconception that support always has to look like team members. Ah. Or that support always has to look like you being able, like, if you drop the ball on something, you have someone else who can pick it up. If you desire to build a business where you could decide not to do something and reassign it to someone else and it would still get done, you can build a business that way. Mm -hmm. If you want to design a business where you could take a day off unplanned, you can design your deliverables around that, regardless of if you have the team, because you've integrated support in other ways. It doesn't always even look like people. Sometimes your systems are the support. Mm-hmm. Also, people dramatically underutilize the support you can garner from just being really clear in your communication with the people in your life and like mm-hmm. in your home, mm-hmm. like realigning responsibilities with like your energy levels and what mm-hmm. you're willing to do. I saw this really cool thing and I'm bl- totally blanking on the name of it. I'm sure y'all, if you've browsed TikTok and you've somehow have landed on the like relationship side of TikTok, yeah. 
Uh, you've deck? probably are you talking it. about the deck? The deck, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't. If you could, I don't know if you can remember the name, mm. but there's a deck you can order it from Amazon, and it's 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 a shit ton of cards, and it's basically every single thing you can even think of: physical, mental, emotional labor. To, like that, take care of a family. Yeah, to take care of a household and run a household and take care of a family. It's everything from like dentist appointments to drop off and pick up to meal planning to creating Christmas time magic if that's your thing to cleaning the house and doing laundry and cooking, literally everything that you could think of. It's all on a card and you sit down with your partner, your household, and you divide up, Uh, you do the division. What's it called? Fair play. Fair play. That's exactly what it is. There's There's a book book that also goes with this. That from my experience of what I've heard is you need to really understand fair play. So like read the book first, buy the cards, and then you can like implement the cards but you could also do this in a conversation. As yeah, you're like I, I feel like uh, this is something we did naturally. Yeah. But like, honestly, I cannot tell you how many years it took like fucking it oh. up consistently before and I was the, like, if I don't fix this, this is going to be a massive the issue. The skill that we have now is a tremendous, but the skill that we have now is not only have we divided them up and we feel confident about the things, but like as seasons change or life changes, we can easily be like, Hey, I know this has been my thing for a while and I'm going to need to give it to you for a little bit. And it's just a very clear, like, okay. Yeah. Like it just changes the conversation of like resentment that can sometimes build up in your household. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so helpful. When people know what their things are and then they own them from start to finish from conception Mm -hmm. to fulfillment, Mm -hmm. it is just, I will say there are a couple things in our world that we assist each other on consistently, same, same. but we do divide it consistently. Like this thing. part I own, this part you yeah. own. Yes. Yeah. Same. And it's a small thing, but we used to fight about it. Right. And now we don't because right. we got really clear on which part's mine and which parts. Well, and I also think if you're in a household where, and this, this is most people, so don't feel alone, but where the emotional labor isn't as valued as physical labor, mm-hmm. you can begin to see everything has its own physical card. So even like thinking about one of them is like the well-being of your child, like the good merit of your child. So like learning about child development and skills you want to instill into your child and then choosing to parent in a way that supports that. Who's doing that in your house? Who's doing that? But also even within your marriage or relationship or friendships or as yeah. a person. And it doesn't even matter. I mean, having kids absolutely affects this. Right. There's, sure. there's additional but like, parts. But, but if you don't have children, it's still for sure in my household, Jared absolutely does more physical labor than I do. Sure. Yeah. But I do way more mental labor. I yeah. am absolutely the one thinking about how to make Christmas feel magical, even yeah. without children. Yeah. I'm thinking about how to make it feel like we still have holidays, even if we don't have kids waking up who are excited. Like, right. I'm still thinking about like little nuggets of things we introduce into our world that make it feel fun. And like we're celebrating. Yeah. And And that takes so much more energy than we give ourselves credit for. But the other piece of this, aside from just making sure we have support in the business and at home, and part of it is being really good communicators, we've also created an okayness around allowing ourselves to raise a white flag where we are okay with adding more help. And, And that help changes over time. Like... It's not a small thing to be full-time caregivers for a 95-year-old woman Mm -hmm. with dementia. 
But it's not just us. Like we also have people coming in multiple days a week to aid in the assistance of that. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about the house, like the house is more work than our old house. Period. Yeah. And so now it's like, okay, you know, Jared used to do all the yard work for all the things, but now we're willing to outsource this bit and like get the yard cleaned up twice a year or like have the pool guy come or whatever. But I'm just, I can't elaborate enough how the communication and support necessary in your life part and in the work part, how they have to be integrated. Yep. Because if work is stressful, then like, then the life will be stressful unless you adequately communicate, Hey, I need this thing. So I will literally say certain days of the week, I'd prefer you make dinner on this day. Yes. Or I would prefer that we do a simple dinner Well, and my favorite part of, I could feel like I could have a whole conversation about fair play, but my favorite part of that piece in particular is the example I saw is what is also the minimum standard of care for the person meeting that thing? And then what is the, like the ideal standard of care? So like, for example, one of the things that we would argue about when I asked for, Hey, on one day a week, I used to be able to be the only person who meal planned grocery shopped and cooked. And then I was like, I can't do every single day, but I, I need you to take one day a week. And this was years ago. So he was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I got it. Well, every time it was his day, we went to Chipotle and I'm like, this isn't fucking fair because you get to just go out and get burritos. And that's your day. You don't have anything to clean up. You don't have anything to plan. You don't have anything to shop for. But the missing piece was what was my version of the minimum way of handling that task? And what would I be okay with if he chose that every single time? And that wasn't talked about. Yeah. No. And that's, I think that's an essential piece. And I, I think it's in the same way that all of this is evolving. It is ignorant to say that your minimum standard doesn't change over time. Exactly. Yeah. It's impacted by budget, by your life, by time. Like it's impacted by so many things. Yeah. So I could just keep going, Yeah, but I promise you when you build a framework you create a sustainable foundation. You make sure it's legal and financially sound. You you make it sustainable because it's a it's taking into account the time you actually have. Mm-hmm. You make it profitable so it's making the amount of money to function in the way that is necessary to sustain your life. You have systems, you have support, you have a team around you and I'm not just talking about work, but you have the team around you. It can still be stressful and you can feel fully like you're living in life first because mm-hmm. you've built something that is surrounded with all of this goodness. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm excited to see your versions and truly, truly, I would love to hear what does life first actually mean to you? You don't have to know how to get there. You don't have to know how to implement these four key areas yet, but I want you to just dream with me a little bit. What what would life first be? If you woke up tomorrow and you were starting to tackle phase one of life first for you, what would that enable you to do? What would that impact? What would that change in your life, in your mental headspace, in your finances, in your schedule and share it with us over on Instagram at boss project. So we can have a fun conversation with you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache, join the co-op, our creative template shop membership with thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. 
Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.